0: Welcome to Church Unscripted this week. If you haven't subscribed, you can hit the subscription uh, down below. You can hit the notification bell. Just know when the episodes come online. Um, If you like this episode, if you like something that we're producing. Um, Also today, we actually, we just finished our table series. So I'm kind of excited to transition to our new short series. I'll call it a series, but um, we're getting to talk a little bit about a topic that I think is probably the most written about topic I'm aware of. Um, You can find books that talk about this topic at Walmart and other places like that. Um, but I got Pastor David and Pastor Eric here with me. Eric, can you kind of summarize your sermon, but also tell us, what did you discuss on Sunday? What's this <laughs> this this topic that was yeah. one of the first things I heard about as a child? Mm-hmm. This is one of the first things that my parents even discussed with me.
1: Yeah, so for quite a while, people have said, you know what, you need to do a series on heaven and hell. And for so long, I was nervous to do that because I thought I didn't feel like I could speak on it uh, and really give much information that was, Not just impactful, but transformative. I mean, I feel like a a series like that would simply be informational. But as as I had the opportunity a couple of weeks open to do a couple of standalone Mm -hmm. messages this last Sunday on heaven, this coming Sunday on hell, I thought you know this might be a good opportunity to kind of dip my toes into that you know theological conundrum of you know what really is heaven like, what really is hell like, and really kind of see if it has transformative power to what has been revealed. And I think, I think it, it hit that mark uh, because when I talked about heaven, I, 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 I didn't talk about what most of us think about when we think of heaven and that is the streets of gold or you know, the mansions and stuff that we get. What I talked about more is like the culture of heaven. Um, It is a place of of peace and hope and Mm -hmm. groundedness in Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a lot of those descriptive words that we're all excited about, but the the best things about heaven is that it's available for you and me right now. And we don't have to wait until Mm -hmm. we die to go to heaven to experience it for the first time. One of the promises of Jesus is that when he came, he brought the kingdom of heaven with him. And so the moment you and I put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're not just saved so that when we die, we don't go to hell. we're saved so that we can live in the culture of heaven right now. And that, that, that's the encouraging transformative thought because what it means is that while we're living in a world right now surrounded by circumstances that produce anxiety, restlessness uh, in our hearts, we're invited to live in the culture of heaven at the same time and experience the peace of heaven that goes beyond understanding, to experience the hope and the grounding of heaven so that while we're experiencing the same things the rest of the world is, we can have a different response, a different um, reaction to that. And that, that's part of what draws other people into heaven. And that's all built on our relationship with Jesus, which is, which is the best thing about heaven. If people get excited about heaven, and try to get there without Jesus than if they would ever get there, which we don't believe is theologically possible. Um they would hate heaven because heaven is far more about enjoying your relationship with Jesus than it is about walking the streets of gold or
0: having wings or living in a, you mean it's not just the song I can only imagine. I mean, that's all I, I, if, if that's, if that's the way you're defining heaven, we've got to get you some new information because that's whoa, 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 whoa. Very popular song. Come on. I'll bring up all the heaven songs. Michael W. Smith. No, no, no. Mercy me. Come on, man. I'm not even even paying attention.
1: You're worshiping. over old is like oh song, my goodness, goodness. i
0: can imagine only that? imagine okay i won't do that don't oh. sing that on sunday da- david uh, yeah. david's looking at me like don't ever sing again on church unscripted <laughs> i i saw that Listen, I saw he's that. the worship pastor for a reason and you're not okay yeah there is a reason yeah. for that so i i a few weeks ago we had talked about and i brought up ecclesiastes three eleven, how god had put the eternity in the hearts of men and i think really you you summed it up very well on sunday so i have some questions that i was thinking of related to that because um I think, I think you unpacked it in a different way than people maybe understood because we okay. look forward to heaven yeah. rather than realizing that God brought the kingdom of heaven here mm-hmm. um, and that we can have that same peace or shalom, wholeness. It's a good word. Now. And so, um, how does the idea of living in heaven now rather than just when we're dead mm-hmm. impact our everyday lives and decision making? I mean, it should impact it. So, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have plenty of thoughts.
2: Yeah. I but I want of, you to. I think of. Too. I mean. I think of it from the perspective of worship, um, naturally, I, I think it's something so powerful to realize that like when we gather, that's a piece of heaven on earth. Like when we sing together, that's a piece of what's going to happen in heaven. And so just approaching worship with that idea of like, we're joining in with the song of creation of angels, of mm-hmm. the saints that have gone before us. Um, all yeah. centered on Jesus. And so that should change the way that we worship and the way that we interact even on a Sunday morning or in different, in different areas where we are gathering to sing. Um, I think there's other things where, I mean, if we're living with the idea that heaven is on earth, then everything should be different about us. Like we shouldn't, like Eric talked about on Sunday, like there's, there's political things that happen or there's world crisis or whatever it is. We should not be so quick to be like, ah, the world's ending. Like, oh, these are the end times. Like, you know, all that stuff. It should just be like, no, I'm, I'm at peace because I have a little bit of heaven on earth with me Mm -hmm. and I should bring that to other people wherever I am. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. you're mentioning something. I don't I don't want to sidestep the question because I want be to fun. hear some things from Eric, but something you mentioned made me think and triggered a, like a thought, a further question. Yeah. So I've made an observation and I want to see what you guys think about this. But my observation is people long for Jesus to come back and that people that long the most tend to be the people that are in the most pain or hurt You know, they're like, oh, I'm going through something difficult. Or maybe they're older. Maybe they're they're closer to meeting Jesus. They're like, I hope Jesus comes back in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like the story of Simeon Mm -hmm. that he got to see Jesus as a baby and was like, this is the child, you know, like, and he's so excited. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Like, I feel like that's an observation, but maybe I'm just off. Maybe everyone should just long for that moment Jesus comes back. But I find it tends to come through pain or age. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I have a little bit of, of a counter
1: perspective on, yeah, on this definitely. urgency for Jesus to come back. I mean, as, as much as Christians ought to want to see him face to face, as much as Christians ought to want the revelatory um, part of scripture to become real, to say, Jesus, come back now. I mean, what are you saying? You're saying that you're okay, that billions of people will leave this world in hell. I mean, for, for our perspective, we should whoa, say, Eric, well, no, no, I mean, As <laughs> yeah. soon as Jesus comes back, it's all over. I mean, there's yeah. no more chance for people to give their life to Jesus depending on how you translate like the tribulation times, right? But- I mean, we should be saying as much as I can't wait to see you Jesus face to face, I hope you don't come back in my lifetime because that just leaves that many more years for the Mm -hmm. church to accomplish its mission and reach more people. I mean, I know that based on your theology, you could say, well, there's a certain amount of people that God has ordained to come into the kingdom and maybe that day is tomorrow, you know? Or if based on your theology, you might say, no, no the full number of people coming into the kingdom is not gonna be accomplished until the church gets moving and actually starts to spread the gospel. And so, you know, it's, but from my perspective, it's like, yeah, I want Jesus to come back. I want his kingdom to finally, you know, be here. But as soon as I say that, uh, there's a whole lot of people who will lose the opportunity to respond in faith to Jesus.
2: But imagine if that was the same passion we had in our lives to be like, come Lord Jesus, come now. Like not... In your physical presence, but use me to bring Jesus to where I am. Like if we had the same amount of passion of like, oh, I hope He comes back. Like He's using us to bring the kingdom to earth around us. So if we had that same mm-hmm. passion,
1: yeah. What the if church would actually be? What if that's God's perspective? What He's you saying? You no, know, I can bring the kingdom anytime I want to. Jesus, go and rapture your church. Yeah. What if He's saying? You know what? I want the church to bring the kingdom. And so, what if he's hoping that the church will move the kingdom into the world, so that he doesn't have to come back so soon? You know, right. I don't know. That could be so theologically off. Right. It's just right. whoa, 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 whoa. But, but I think <laughs> we're getting deep here. and yeah, yeah, not it's me. Good. <laughs> I think it's good to ask
2: those questions. Oh, yeah. And begin to like think through that. For
1: but you make a good point. I mean, it's 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 what is it going to what could there possibly be to motivate the church to evangelistic action? Right. Uh, What if if the only reason we haven't been talking to somebody about faith is because we're nervous about the relational awkwardness. But then once you realize, oh my goodness, if they don't respond in faith, they will live eternity separated from the creator. Am I okay with them doing that for all eternity for the sake of saving Mm -hmm. faith? And so I don't know, I mean, if, if I mean, I, I think I told you guys, I just watched a movie recently. I'm not going to give the name of it because people might not like the fact that I watched it, but it just put into perspective this reality that Satan has a hold on some people's lives and yeah. the only salvation, the only opportunity they have is if somebody of faith in their life, it might only be one person, steps them and offers them
0: uh, a, an anchor of hope out. Well, and I just and, don't know if that's and th- happening. And that that was kind of a, an aside because of the direction you mm-hmm, answered your question. Yeah. But I, I really do want to yeah. hear from you, Eric, about the everyday lives and decision making processes. If we're if we're living in heaven now rather than just life after death, what what does that look like every yeah, day? Absolutely. Well,
1: uh, the short answer is I think is simply this: that the the indications that you are living more and more in the culture of heaven right now is if the fruit of the spirit is pouring out of you more and more, and so love, peace is. I'm sorry, not love in pieces. No. Love pizza. <laughs> yeah. You love pizza. I bet there's going to be some great pizza in heaven, oh. man. I mean, I said Panda Express is in heaven. I bet there's some pizza in heaven
0: too. Panda Express in heaven? Well,
1: wow. Maybe on my side of the.
0: No, no, no. You said heaven, heaven now, so Panda Express is in heaven. I mean, no. heaven is now. Anyway, let me keep
1: going. <laughs> uh So I so the fruit of the spirit. So yeah. what this means is is when my wife notices that I respond to her less with anger and impatience, and now more with love, kindness, and patience. And she sees that, well, I think that's the kingdom of heaven taking more root. Like when I begin to love people that I used to hate with a passion, that's the kingdom of God taking more root in my life. When I have more power and self-control over things, sin that used to become addictions for me, that I used to get my entertainment from and I have power over those things, that's the indication of the kingdom of heaven taking
0: root in my life. Um, and I think that's just scratching the surface. Um, so, I mean, so to, to put it even more practically, it's you're gonna see a transformative change in your behavior if heaven's in mind.
1: Oh, I have to, I mean, this is what John in the
0: New Testament says, this is how they will know that you are my followers. So it's, it's simple. I, that sounds simple, but it's not so simple, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Um, so can you, can you elaborate a little bit on Jesus preparing a place for us in heaven? I mean, that's something I've heard since I was a kid. I mean, I remember being four or five years old. My parents are trying to describe this to me and they're like, Jesus prepared a place for me. And I'm like, w- what? And I don't think I unpacked that until I was a teenager or a little bit older to be like, okay, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. So a subset of that is, how does that demonstrate God's love for us and his care for us? That Jesus prepared a place for us in heaven. <laughs> I looked over to David. Well, okay, I, let
2: me. I thought, I thought you were asking him to elaborate. Well, we I'm happy. Both, <laughs> both, both,
0: both. Feel like I'm monopolizing.
2: No, you Okay, you're fine. No, um, no.
1: The analogy actually might, I think, make more sense if the analogy is not a husband inviting his new bride into a home that he owns, but perhaps more of a set of parents inviting uh, a new baby into their home. Okay. And so, when you know that you're pregnant, I mean immediately you start looking for all right where's the nursery going to be and when you set that room up it's 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 you get the right colors if it's a boy or girl with different colors for those kind of things you put the the crib in there all the new baby clothes and stuff and so you're getting the room ready Mm -hmm. for the baby uh to not just have a place to live but to thrive in Mm. a baby that doesn't have a crib um, is a baby that's not going to sleep well a baby that doesn't have clothes to wear that don't fit well is a baby that's not going to grow up well Um, or the right kind of food. So it's it's almost as if we're not as much getting the baby ready for the house as we're getting the house ready for the baby. And so I don't know if what that means is more of a, a literal translation of like, he's actually building a room in heaven for me. I don't know if that's what it means. I think more what it means is I'm gonna, I'm working to make sure that your nature, it becomes more consistent with the nature of heaven. And I think that's probably more the, the, um, the, the, the biblical word of sanctification.
2: Yeah.
1: I think C.S. Lewis talks about this, is the more we walk with Jesus, the more consistent our hearts and our minds and our nature's characters are consistent with the nature of heaven itself.
2: So the place he's preparing for us is now in the, the, posi- the, the direction of our hearts as we approach.
0: So the eternity. preparation starts now rather than, after death, mm-hmm.
2: it's not a room; it's our hearts.
0: I mean, I believe heaven's a physical place.
2: Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Streets of gold. I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to use. All, he, I can only imagine. Did you so bring many in times. mercy me again? <laughs> I can uh, only. You, imagine. You've got one more opportunity of that, and then you're off unscripted. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: okay. No more mercy <laughs> me references. <laughs> so, so I I I, I do want to move on to this next question because I think this is really important. Um, how I, I, when I was younger, we used this phrase, um, all heavenly minded, no earthly good or something to that effect. Have you ever heard that phrase where it's like, oh, you're only thinking about heaven. You're not actually thinking about what's going on around you. So you're not really helping people around you is kind of the, the point of it. Um, how can believers maintain a focus on heaven, their home in heaven, their new home coming future tense, um, while still navigating earthly lives and responsibilities? So if we get too focused, your sermon was talking about how heaven you can have heaven now. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like some people think of it post-life, yeah. right? And we focus on that. And then we don't take care of our house and yeah. our, our space now. But I think we've already kind of addressed some of that. But I want you guys to discuss it maybe a little bit more. That's, Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking about, um, and the thought actually just escaped my brain. But the idea of, let's see here. How was I going to word that? Um, Ask your question again. Sorry.
0: So, how can believers maintain a focus on building a new home in heaven while still navigating their earthly lives and responsibilities? Yeah, so I
2: think it's it's that, that kingdom here on earth. I mean, if we're, if it depends, I think our view of heaven dictates that. If our view of heaven is that it's only like a place that we go, then it's going to be really hard for our lives to revolve around um, taking care of the things that we have here and loving people and all of those things. If our view of heaven is, is it, it's a here on earth now moving towards a place where Jesus is, then our only response should be to take care of the things around us and to take care of the people, to love people. And like you said, they'll know that we're his disciples by our love. And so I think it's kind of a simple answer that maybe, it's just
1: I, you, it's, I, you, I don't i don't think you can see them as mutually exclusive they have to be integrated and i think and so yeah. so the so the more that you live in the kingdom of heaven now the more you become aware of your job the more you become aware of your relationships and the more it transforms the way you do that so it's not like i'm going to live more in heaven and just neglect earth
0: it's no no heaven saturates itself into what? your earthly life and so i know yeah. i totally agree yeah. what, what what i'm getting at is there is a sometimes a division there sure mm-hmm. you know like you look at the pharisees and it says you've read all these books of the yeah. law but you're not saved yeah. yeah and because they were trying to separate themselves and purify themselves and all those kinds of things and there is some of us um as believers we think oh we're going to focus on that and we're going to focus about heaven and we're going to forget about evangelism let's say you know you yeah. brought up earlier like why would we want Jesus to come? Because there's other people that need to get saved. Yeah. I mean, that's serious stuff. Yeah. So I think there is a, there is a balance there. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I was listening to as I listened to Sunday was, you were talking about the experiencing God's presence. And you were talking about experiencing his, his presence in our lives in real time, which is something that we've already discussed. But um, how can we cultivate a deeper sense of his presence? David's well, eyes me, just got all big. Let me let me turn that back to you. How do you cultivate
1: a deeper sense of your wife Heidi's presence? Ooh, that why? Come on, you've been asking all the questions, <laughs> man. We're I know. I'll put like it. it right back. So, to you.
0: so I think I think of it like this: um, when she is around me or in my presence, it's always I, you know, I am focused on her. So, like that could be eye contact. Mm. Um, that could be what i'm hearing and i'm listening i'm asking <laughs> this is going to sound weird i'm asking clarifying questions <laughs> because i'm like hey did i really hear this this way that we have to be there at 7:30 tomorrow morning and we somehow have to drop off the kids and you know that kind of stuff um, i think another part of it is um, being sensitive and intuitive based, based on what is actually going on i mean every time my wife says nothing's wrong i know something's wrong you know those kind of things yeah. but it's a little different with god because with god it's more okay what time am I focused on, on God rather than I am focused on anything else. And then there's also those times where you're like, okay, uh, you ever, you ever see someone pause in a moment and they're, like looking for what to say sometimes when i do that i'm thinking okay god lead me in what i need to say because i'm not really sure what to say and then i know his presence is with me but i just don't necessarily know how to walk that out or what that looks like Mm -hmm. so i mean there's different ways to to think about it there's also the fact that especially when you talk about a relationship in a relationship you sense the deepest presence when people share with you with the most um vulnerability i think god sent his son to die for us i think that's probably the most vulnerable thing anyone's ever going to do for me Mm -hmm. and so in that moment um i think that we can see him and see him in an everyday sense but also if i never talk to my wife if i never do anything with my wife it's not really a relationship so the deeper connection deeper presence is the more time we're with him and that doesn't necessarily mean just reading the bible that doesn't necessarily mean just always praying like formally But it does mean focusing on him, Mm kind of like practicing the presence of God and doing that. Mm -hmm. So you just keep trying to flip it back on me. I love this, man. Man. You're welcome. I love this. Well, when you were
2: talking about that, I was thinking about like where are we putting our attention? And I was thinking about like how often do we see like, I mean, Katie and I, like when we go out to dinner, it's always interesting to watch how other couples react. People, I, we love doing that too. And, people and watching. like you know, <laughs> not like, creepy so, at all. Sometimes no, like, no, sometimes, no. We'll, sometimes no. <laughs> we'll be out to dinner and like the people next to the table with us are like this. On their phone. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, so we need, okay. And then, you know, and, or like, I think about if that they and,
0: like, If they turn their heads up. I've watched yeah, couples but, like, that never but do. But
2: even like, I think about that in our own relationship. Like how many times have we got in bed and sat next to each other and like, I'm just scrolling on my phone and... I'm with her like i' am I'm, I'm present with her, but my attention is not with her, and so mm. like I just got the picture of like how often are we like sitting in bed, and this is like right next to us' They're like it's close, but I'm watching the game or i'm watching you know what I mean
0: It's collecting and, dust yeah it's
2: like, <laughs> but like right. you have to like actually reach. And like turn your attention towards his presence in order to actually allow that to overflow in, in every moment it, of your life.
0: You know, I think I think there's something to that because I think many times we miss the presence of God. He's there. We just don't observe yeah, it and there. we don't have the attention for it. And so there's probably many of us that God's really moving in our lives, but we don't even see it yet. Yeah. You know, there's things that are happening, whether it's with us or with our families or relatives or whatever, um, or maybe even with our neighbors or someone yeah. that, we don't really know we're having an impact on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think sometimes yeah. we miss that. It's got, it's got to take some intentionality, at least on the front end. But the, over time,
1: the, the longer you are intentional with with God, the more you just become aware of him. I mean, one of the analogies of, of us in scripture is that we are the sheep and he is the shepherd. And that's a very valuable analogy because um, if he is there to protect us, I mean, there are sheep that... All the shepherd has to do is make a single noise, and mm-hmm. the shepherd know that's my sh- the sheep know that's my shepherd, and I'm going to come. It's dinner time, you know. Yep. And so it probably took the sheep a while to get used to that voice. Mm-hmm. But once that voice is established, mm-hmm. it's they're always aware, even if they're off eating grass somewhere else. Yep. As soon as that shepherd makes a noise, they come running. And I think that's the nature of our relationship with God. Um, and when that happens, you begin to notice His activity in your life yep. more than you ever have before. Yep. And I think that, that's really cool.
0: Well, yeah, definitely, and especially uh, when you're talking about heaven, mm-hmm. it's like the call of heaven. You didn't—I I don't know if you actually said that in the sermon, but I, that's what I kept thinking as I was listening. I'm like, well, you're really talking about our calling now that transforms and turns into an eternity with Jesus. And so, um, how can we better support and pray for people that don't believe yet, and then in don't, Jesus, and then don't man. have their faith in Jesus? Yep, yep. Like, 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 how do we, how do we support? and pray for people that don't know Jesus yet. I mean, you mentioned billions of people that are not saved, that are not going to heaven, and Jesus hasn't come back yet, so they still got a chance. Right, right. So what does it look like for us to pray and support for those that don't believe yet? I think it, I think it starts by not thinking of the
1: billions. It
0: yeah. starts by thinking of that's one. All, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's that one person in your family. Yeah. It's that one neighbor. It's the coworker or friend that you can focus your attention on.
2: Yeah. I was... Uh, I think I was reading a book, listening to a podcast. I don't remember. I was consuming content somewhere. And I think it was Charles Spurgeon. Uh, he, he was asked that question and he had written down a, a list of a hundred names mm-hmm. that he knew that didn't know Jesus. And he committed every single day to pray for each of the people on that list. And by the end of his ministry, uh, 98 of them, came to know Jesus and the other two came to know Jesus at his funeral or however yeah, that's that, the
1: book live like, uh, or pray like, yeah, monks that's, live yes, like yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 I was, I was just reading that, but I thought that was so impacting that, you know, he had a, he had a large reach and he probably met hundreds of non-believers yet. He was committed every day of his life to pray over the same 100 names mm-hmm. until his deathbed and the fruit of that is a hundred new souls in heaven. And he may not have led them all to Christ, mm-hmm. but he was, he was an instrument in their salvation through prayer. And I think we underestimate the power of prayer and the dedication to prayer. I think a lot of times, like for me personally, I, I have relatives who don't know Jesus and I pray mm-hmm. for them, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm committed to praying for them every single day by name. And so just that dedication, I think we can do a lot better in that regard.
0: Well, well let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about prayer and praying for people mm-hmm. and praying for heaven um, or, or that people will be able to go to heaven because they'll find faith in Jesus. But what, what, is, it, what is it that drives that entirely? You know, like like the, the driver for prayer is that God's gonna respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And how many of us have five people that we could pray for by name? Yeah every day for one year, let's say we just commit to a year. What does that look like? Um, do you think that connects us even more with the goals of heaven or the, the you know, bringing heaven, the kingdom of heaven here? Part of that is that part of that prayer? I mean- Oh, for sure. I mean, it has to be, right? Because in prayer, you're not just throwing
1: words out into this universe that can't respond. You're, you're having actual conversation with the king of the universe, the creator of everything, who loves the people who are lost far more than you love them. And so when you pray, you're connecting your heart to his and therefore you're conditioning your heart uh, to live, I think, according to the nature of heaven.
0: So, so practically yeah. speaking, how do we go from prayer that's um, for my current ailments or my cousin's broken arm or things like that to spiritual <laughs> yeah, prayers? Right. Sure. This, the prayers that God can only answer. You know, God might heal your cousin's broken leg, okay? Um, they'll go to the doctor, they'll put a cast on, it'll heal, right? But God cannot heal... Or nothing but God can heal a human heart, and so how do we how do we have big, audacious, heavenly-minded prayers? What do those look like? I've got I've got two thoughts initially.
1: My first one is this: um, is, is that go for it, even if you can't see it right now. And I'm, I'm not saying that your prayers ought to be far bigger than your ability to. To see the capacity of it, and so you ought to be praying for things mm-hmm. of those five people say, "I want all of their souls saved in heaven and and because you, you can't believe, do that yeah, because not because you can see it, but because you believe in a God that 's bigger than whatever roadblocks they 've put up against mm-hmm. him, right mm-hmm. The other thing is I think um, persistence I mean one of my favorite stories is in the Old Testament when Elijah was facing down the four hundred prophets of Baal, right mm. after, he, after he conquered them, which is a cool story in itself. I mean, it's on the other side of a massive drought and he starts praying for rain. And he says to his assistant, go and see if there's any clouds. He comes back time and time again to Mm -hmm. say there's nothing out there. He just keeps praying and praying and praying. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden there's a cloud the size of the guy's fist and it just develops. And all of a sudden there's this massive rainstorm. Um, And I think it's it's Mm -hmm. because he saw God's, Size as bigger yeah. than the current fears around them, and he just kept praying one time wasn't enough. right um, He just kept going.
2: yeah I think that's good i was I was going to say similar that that if if our prayers are limited by the capacity that we have, like then they're too small, because God is way bigger than us. So if I pray a prayer that is something that I can accomplish, then maybe I shouldn't even be praying that prayer, and I should just be doing that thing but we need to pray like big, bold prayers. Now, there's a
1: caveat to that though, because I can believe that God can give me that nice new lake or oceanfront house, right? Oh,
0: come on, Eric. If that's not in line with God's (laughs) will for me, then I
1: shouldn't be praying for that. So that's why Jesus says, ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. He's not saying, ask anything you want and I'm a genie in the bottle.
2: Right. He said,
1: ask anything in my name according to my will, my purposes, and I'll give it to you. And so,
0: I mean, the kingdom of heaven is entirely focused on the spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially we're going to heaven Mm -hmm. and that's a huge huge part of it is our faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, that's the only part. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the reason I bring up prayer is I think we pray for a lot of physical things or physical ailments, physical things that are happening to us or people we love, um, but we lose sight of... The deeper spiritual context of our lives and so um i think it's really important to think think of practical
2: ways to do that there's always a spiritual battle going on too i think we can't Mm -hmm. neglect that so even um even in our own homes like there's times when my kids will act out and i'm like i know that's not you like i know that's not who you are and and I will pray against whatever kind of spirit is coming out of them. And it's not that they're like, you know, like I, sometimes I can be angry. That's not of God. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so like praying against some of those things is very bold. Uh, we just, we just had a worship night. And one of the things I I prayed against was depression, anxiety that it would flee in Jesus name. And we have the power to pray that I can't do that. But if we turn towards Jesus and we continue Mm -hmm. to, be consistent in that prayer then he's faithful to like you were saying pray anything in my name and i'll and i'll give it to you so i think there's there's other parts of that too like as we're living our lives there's there's more that we can be praying boldly about than Mm -hmm. even just the salvation of somebody else it can be like some deep heavy stuff
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that Jesus won't heal us, in our physical bodies. And that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm just saying that sometimes we emphasize that more than we emphasize the spiritual aspect of right. things. Mm-hmm. So can you can you guys give me some specific practical steps? Oh, this is always fun when I say specific practical steps, right? Specific practical steps or practices that believers can engage in um, to strengthen their faith in Jesus now, since we're experiencing is living in heaven now? What, what does that look like practically step, like a few steps? It, so, it sounds like a,
1: a wrap up kind of conversation. It's like, all right, how do we take this home right yeah, now? Which well, is that's, that's
0: where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: Might be good. Um, practical steps, say say the question again. So, no, so practical, so step practical
0: to, steps. Where are there specific practical steps or practices that believers can engage in yeah. um, to strengthen their faith in Jesus and experience living in heaven now? Yeah. Oh man, outside of the obvious ones of spend time in scripture,
1: yeah, I, let the, the heart of God soak over yours, spend time in some intentional prayer, mm-hmm. stay a part of a church community, that's critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a part of a community life group, that's critical. Yeah. Um, outside of those things, I mean, it's, it's more of the more that you can surround yourself with thoughts and environments that are of heaven. That's why the Bible says, whatever is pure and holy and right and good and just think yeah. about those things. And so take captive the thoughts you have. Mm-hmm. And if you catch yourself having thoughts that are not of God, have the discipline and the courage to take those things captive. Don't rely on the algorithms. No, no, yeah. Take those <laughs> things captive and, and say, that's not something I should think about. And so Holy Spirit replace that thought with something that's good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I would add is okay. I think uh, like we're, we're approaching Thanksgiving Uh, gratitude is a huge thing to help us recognize, like kind of build up faith in, in us. And Mm -hmm. so I, that would just be my one thing is like, take five minutes a day and just literally just think through your day and be like, wow, I'm so grateful I had this conversation. Or when that person said that, that really filled me up and, and like be, be like truly grateful for things. Like, I think, uh, that will help us build more faith as we walk through our life
0: well and and i i think the one thing that's not built into most of our lives right now is a time of reflection i think that's what i was thinking about even with the question was um this last weekend i got to get away for with my wife for what was it 24 hours (laughs) kind of a little bit more than 24 hours and uh we had the opportunity to kind of go through things that we feel blessed by, um, and we made this. We started making a list, and we were in the car and talking about it. And and uh, I started realizing, I'm like, man, all this stuff I wouldn't even thought of if we didn't practice this right now. And so sometimes it's even if you want to practice heaven now, it's 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 a you're going to have that overwhelming joy when you realize how blessed you are, no matter how unblessed you feel. <laughs> if that makes sense. So like when things hit you that are difficult, you're going to be able to overcome them because you're going to realize, oh, I actually have all these things. I've got all these connections. I've got all these relationships or these people um, that I'm connected to, whether through church um, or your family or some other avenue. And I think many times we we get lost in the weeds of busyness. And so like, that's what takes away mm-hmm. heaven from us. Mm-hmm. You know, and I th- I think there's, there's some times where we just need to sit and understand and soak in how God's blessed us. And I don't mean blessing like material blessings. I mean, just like things that God's doing that we just don't look at until that moment when we're writing them down or we're looking at them or we're actually making an intentional effort um, to think on, think on those things. So, I mean, you, you guys know, like there's so many ways we can do this. And I think this is a good way of wrapping it up is how, how do we practically think about heaven now? And so, um, that's so important. Next week, I'm a little bit afraid because I think you're gonna turn into a Baptist preacher um, uh, when you're talking about hell. I'm just, I'm not ready for it. I'm not sure uh, yet.
1: No, I'm not bringing fire and brimstone. That's okay, good. okay, yeah. okay. You
0: know, does a fire alarm happen. go off if we put a fire back here? I'm just kidding. Um, We're so excited for yeah. next week and to hear about hear about hell as well, because I would say heaven and hell are probably the first two things that I was really exposed to as a child. What, what are those? So thank you for watching with us, Church Unscripted this week. We're so excited you're, you're watching with us this week. And um, if you can subscribe below, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit the notification bell so you get notified when episodes go online. Um, comment below if you got questions about heaven or maybe questions about hell for next week. Um, it'll be a great opportunity to interact with you and we'll see you next week.